Hi Jayant, good to see you back, man. Hi Leslie, great to see you, dude. Yeah. So, how was your weekend? The usual question. Uh, the weekend. Last week we caught up for lunch. Uh, at your place. What did What did I do? I went go karting, or was it the previous week? I don't know. I don't remember. That means it was done. <laughs> that means it was done. <laughs> I said surely not when you came for lunch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I would have known. I would have known. Yeah, but I think I, I think we were just uh, uh, you know uh, talking a little about the Mint AI summit that we had just finished. Uh, right. So right. I think some very very interesting uh, uh, you know sort of uh, episodes that we had out there. Uh, yes. I mean the speakers were awesome, and uh, the I mean, speakers were awesome. The you know for me the audience were awesome. You know considering this was in Delhi. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm extremely engaged uh, audience, uh, you know, who stayed back late. Uh, the content, the panel discussions, the, the the speeches, everything was good this time. Everything came together. No, I, I, I like the part that where you said, you know, that the audience was awesome because seldom do we give credit to the audience. And it also reflects the part that people are very, very interested in what's happening with the, you know, traditional AI, what's happening with... Uh, uh, generative AI, the right. kind of, you know, how it's going to uh, impact uh, the way we work, play, and, you know, the and our entire life, for that matter I, of fact. It's extremely important. I agree. And, and that way, the agenda and the flow of the summit was, uh, you know, structured so amazingly that it, it all came together, right? I mean, uh, you know, starting with your overview and then, you know, Rajat from BCG, his overview, specifically speaking on what's happening in enterprise, and then, you know, talking about, and then speakers coming and talking about AI 1.0 and then 2.0 and then bringing it together, uh, you know, one enterprise panel and then ending with the CEO panel, you know, it, it all just came together with with the global speakers intersped, uh, with government, uh, you know, uh, bureaucrats and uh, speakers uh, from the government side intersped. It, it, it was very well, uh, you know, yeah, and uh, I'm not, sure we're not going just to organized. But but came going. out extremely well, yes. Correct, and I think we're going to speak about some specific what you know. I think what uh, some specific speakers spoke about. Uh, right. So I mean, I'm sure there are certain things that uh, would have appealed to you much more than they were. They would have appealed to me, and uh, you know, vice versa. But before that, you know, I think a very interesting development that has happened now, and I think our viewers and yeah. listeners would be well cued onto it, is that the New York Times has sued uh, uh, OpenAI for billions. Yes, I, mean, I think yes. that's they have not been specific about the number, but billions and obviously means billions of dollars, not rupees. Uh, and uh, it's a watershed moment. You know, it's it's going to be a very very defining moment where we are going to talk about you know AI and copyright. I right, think it's a really thing. And one of the themes of the event also was we. I mean. We had uh, some speakers uh, touch upon this whole thing of, you know, plagiarism, uh, uh, copyright inf infringement, uh, okay. the, the the IP part of it. Yeah. And, and this is a very, very sensitive issue. Uh, if you remember the Authors Guild, it was uh, yes. I think so, yes. September. Uh, you had the game, uh, the authors of the Games of the uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah. So they, they were, uh, they had filed a case. Correct, and correct. This one, I think, is going to be uh, very interesting because I think some of the uh, uh, lawyers are very, very strong in this particular case. It doesn't seem that OpenAI is going to get away lightly. OpenAI and Microsoft, I don't think they're going to get away. Mm. And this is what, you know, what they're saying, the first of the many cases to come out. I've had a chance to 
look at the output of GPT four and the New York Times article. They were so they were they were so close, except for oh, one or two words, you know, uh, apart uh, from each other. And uh, you know, talking about uh, IP uh, again, uh, the UK High Court earlier this week came up with a judgment saying that uh, a patent cannot be issued to an AI algorithm. I think that also is again a huge. uh you know judgment and a milestone in the way you know especially generative ai uh, uh is is being used and and we discussed this a few episodes back on you know using generative ai for ip creation okay as a business model unto itself this particular judgment from the uk high court i think you know throws water on on that part, particular business model but having said that so many things are up in the air in terms of product solutions business models go to market models ip ip violations uh, regulations and policies of uh, very very interesting times and and the yeah. dust hasn't settled yeah very interesting times and this is exactly what we were discussing even during the mente ai summit i mean if you remember even in the overview i did speak about you know this whole thing of this copyright infringement right. now right. obviously if you have trained on everything on that's available on the internet it's going to give you you know it is so many human beings coming together but the point is when you're collating that data yeah it is you, you remember we used to have this joke that when you uh, sort of copy one person's work uh, that's uh, uh, this thing uh, plagiarism that's, but that's when, plagiarism. You copy, when you copy many people's work it's a research it's a now, research exactly i mean of course that's in, in a very lighter uh, Uh, mood but if you really look at what chat gpt has been doing or well, you have to compare it back with uh, how what the performance of search engines mm. and that is where we were talking now search engines give you uh, you know uh, uh, access to the original uh, so- sources so, they give you yes. the links but they do not they cannot access things behind uh, paywalls exactly what is happening with nyt what is happening with politico i mean with politico i think they had an agreement but with some other uh, uh, media houses uh, media houses i i think with nyt the deals uh, the deal fell through they did not have the discussion with them yeah. probably at that point of time they thought that it was not necessary and now this is going to land them in big trouble so i think it's a it's a very defining moment and if i'm not wrong okay nyt's lawsuit what what was around reddit also tried doing something a few months back uh, you know uh, trying to uh, they i don't think they filed for a lawsuit but i think they asked open ai to pay up money for using reddit's yes. data to be trained on right or, or open ai's uh, <laughs> algo or uh, you know gpt's to be trained on reddit's data uh, it wasn't a lawsuit but Yeah, but if you look back, you know there have been similar cases even with search engines and all. They've always been asking. I mean, yeah. all the uh, all the media houses that battle between media houses and with uh, likes of Facebook, Google, and all has always been there. That right. pays for the kind of data. So, I think you know when you're charging twenty uh, dollars for uh, ChatGPT Plus users, and when you're charging for other kind of services. I don't because you know even the outgo would not have been that much if they had this thing. But my for me it is not about a question of whether you're going to pay NYT or you're going to pay media houses or not. The point is, what kind of a society are we? I think this is the biggest question that we're asking. Yes. Is it okay to plagiarize others' works and reproduce it verbatim? You know there are established laws. 
we we are clear like because as a journalist i am so clear as to what uh, constitutes plagiarism what constitutes copyright violation we are extremely careful even if we quote something we'll give them sources you right. know multiple times we'll ensure that you know everybody gets the credit it, it, it is a, you want to do it because you want to acknowledge the effort that the other person has put in yeah here you find a blatant lift of everything almost 100 examples were given there and i'm sure they have thousands of more examples and oh. you you make a very good point and this specific uh, i mean related to this point is what uh, dejani ghosh the president of nascom talked about in the mint ai summit where her entire speech was you know uh, an appeal to the industry you know to the engineers to the data scientists to the product managers to the entrepreneurs uh, and the cxos who are working on ai and ai based products and solutions to develop human centric responsible ai okay uh, and and she did bring about uh, you know this particular uh, point about plagiarism right i mean you know how will how will machines how will you differentiate and what happens to the artistic and creative uh, uh, outflow of the humans who have created the original content if the machines are trained and 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 use that uh, as a part of their output okay so i think you know she was talking about the ethos and and ethical ai but but you know she made a good point there uh, for for a good 10 12 15 minutes in during the summit and that's all she spoke about Yeah, and see if 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 you try to connect with what Devdani said to what Anthropic did. Now, Anthropic mm. recently said that we are going to pay you for any kind of violation. We'll cover you for any violation. But that's not the point. See, for me, again, it is destroying the very idea of an egalitarian society from a point of view of what's creativity. Again, yes. the same point. So I'm not really concerned about whether uh, OpenAI and Microsoft can pay or not. Obviously, they have that kind of money. They will probably settle this thing. But what kind of society do we want to create with this? Yeah. I mean, are we not comfortable with the idea that somebody is a Leonardo da Vinci, that somebody is an Einstein, that somebody that you know not everybody can do everybody's work? That is the reason why we put these people on. Here, we are trying to create you know uh, Einsteins out of every ChatGPT user. Yeah. That, yeah. You know, it doesn't help the user. It doesn't help the outcome either. See, look at it philosophically two ways. Now, here is a person who doesn't know how to write. Okay. Mm-hmm. You are you are saying okay? Use ChatGPT, create write a story, and which will and write it in an NYT style. The, I I know people who have done it. Write it in a style uh, in a Mint style. Write yeah. it in a you know yeah. what style? W S style, financial style, economic style. Now now just think about it. Here's an Indian writer. who can't uh, who does not understand the phrases that you know unless they have studied in a uh, in a western university uh, uh, they will not understand the phrases like for instance a simple thing like you know we we seldom say like if if you have lived in the us you will typically say i can't wrap my head around this in india you will tip, you will typically say okay Uh, you know, I, I just can't understand it. Simple, plain. British English versus US English. I'm just giving the large, uh, the very big differences, but minor differences. Somebody coming from the southern region of India, somebody coming, they don't write the way the others write. You have to respect their style. Right. Now you're trying to create. This is like you know trying to create a line of coders. Yeah. Everybody writes the same language. Everybody. I I don't know what we're trying to achieve you know, out of this. Well, yeah, exactly. The anthropics. Um... you know point of saying that okay we will pay you reminds me of what's happening with the 
musicians and the music artists and spotify and itunes and the other uh, streaming services right uh, all of a sudden musicians today uh, you know cannot make a living uh, you know by just creating music Good. even a half a generation back a good musician was a rock star okay uh, and and thanks to these platforms i mean you know what anthropic said this this is essentially uh, going that way if 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 you look at it and and it's not good enough to uh, you can't make a living okay and all of a sudden a creative person uh, is being uh, brought down to a to a level where they are you know literally struggling to fend for themselves uh, you know through this platform so clearly we are in extremely disruptive stages of the business models and and new creative you know uh, all encompassing mutually beneficial business models need to need to definitely come up and that's where the next so, uh, yeah, level I've, of innovation is going to come in i am not really perturbed very much about the business models and those kind of things as far as this particular case is concerned the defining mm-hmm. moment as i say because from the copyright point of view see when you are talking about an llm which is what we spoke about during the mint ai summit also many of the speakers this you are t- taking an llm you are fine tuning it on your data yeah yeah so you, that's internal data so you really you will you know that thing of copyright violation the trademark violation unless you're connecting it with an external llm you really don't face much of those problem because like right. for instance I know of a lot of banks now that have started using generative AI. They are yes. going to trade it on their data, which is why they do not face any regulatory hassles. Yes, you have small LL, smaller LLMs that have been trained on very few ex, few examples. Their output will probably be much more different. It's the large, the huge, the big LLMs which, which are being used as horizontals. Yeah, exactly. And the horizontals are the point which is you know that impacts the way society thinks. Mm. So I'm I'm I not think... worried about the smaller right. ones. Yeah. the bigger ones are going to define like for instance you know i was just reflecting on this look at music 70s 80s 90s 2000s, 2000s. whichever way you look at it all have a very distinct genre that's why you say okay yeah. find somebody likes uh, you know jazz somebody likes pop you love uh, metal i yeah. love you know melodious movies now if all were to use something and a chat gpt kind of out, uh, output or some we all would have played the same uh, song we all would have listened probably never grown never thought about so for me that is the scary part of it if everybody yeah. starts writing like everybody the uniqueness else, the originality uniqueness. the Okay, yeah. I hear you. No, you know, I I enjoy Hemingway. I yeah. enjoy Wordsworth. Uh, I enjoy uh, poems by you know Robert Frost and all. They have got a very different way. But I also enjoy modern poets. I yes. also enjoy modern writing. Uh, you know, th- there are some authors who write in a distinctive style, and that is what stands out. Yeah. I want that. And the ChatGPT is not going to give me if I'm not going it, to use it. It is not because it's going to only regurgitate what's historically been written. Exactly. In... So that, of course, I mean, this is something that our viewers and listeners could probably, you know, uh, think about. So that's why I said I'm not really. Uh, for me, the watershed moment is not so much about whether OpenAI and Microsoft will pay or not. I think I, I'm, I'm one thing. I think 99.9%, according to me personally, they will have to pay up. No and it's going way. to set a precedent. It's going to, it's set, going a to set a precedent. It's going to okay. It's going to have a uh, not just a ripple effect, but a huge effect on the industry dynamics, the profitability, the stock markets, the prices, the stock, everything. 
and it will models? and yeah. it will be, you know people will be very careful when trying to create these foundation models they'll either say i'm not too sure whether the instruction sets can be changed i'm not sure how the algorithms will have to you know because then we have to you'll have to have some fundamental changes because the way algorithms uh you know reason the way deep uh, deep learning neural networks work nobody really understands they are yeah. black boxes yes. so i'm not clear about how that is going to happen i'm sure they'll have to they'll be thinking about it and you know making fundamental changes in the way it uh, crawls the web and yeah. there there were some instances see i i think uh, instead of having a discussion of that i because the point is it you know it's it's a very very broad kind of subject so right. i would just restrict myself to or limit myself to saying this that you know we really need to rethink why we want these kind of uh things whether we want to limit ourselves you know somebody else's ideas i would want a pluralism of ideas which the search engines were giving me But i could access everything it's, it's the point 1% to 99% uh, weightage of the world any which way lastly it's the point 1% who uh, enjoys values uniqueness and originality and the 99.9% of the world is happy to you know go ahead with what's good enough and all these the current avatar of uh, generative ai engines cater to the majority yeah but the copyright and trademark violation don't work exactly. anyway exactly. <laughs> whether you are in the 1% or 0.1% or whether in the 90 you'll still get uh, exactly. you know you are going to be in a real soup as they say but anyway so that's something that our viewers and listeners could also uh, think about uh, because it's important uh, you know i i just gave a different point of view and you gave a different point and, of view and, and no i I'd, i'd actually like to put this out for our uh, listeners and uh, viewers that we are actually in the midst of some extremely disruptive and the need for uh, creative and innovative business models and and partnership models and you know the there's a wide space out there you know everything as we know it across industry is getting uh, you know relooked at and rehauled and any, that that's where the opportunity for innovation exists for 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 anyone and probably we also i think as even as users we should ask ourselves you know if if i if i'm not a writer and do i really want to write like hemingway i mean is it really worth my while wasting my time you know probably i could uh, i think it's it's something that a lot of introspection has to be done even by users probably but uh, uh, having said that i think from talking about creativity talking about innovation uh, at the mint ai summit uh, Uh, I I I found Amitabh Nag, who is the CEO yeah. of Bashne, his yeah. uh, uh, you know uh, uh, talk very interesting because he was talking about what something that is of course very close to our hearts. We have spoken about this earlier, the right. whole rise of you know India focused LLMs. Yeah. Now, I think that's extremely important. Even now, just uh, uh, it was uh, <coughs> very recently that even Reliance has spoken about creating yeah. a. Yeah. Uh, you know uh, that uh, the bharat gp uh, gpt of right. course i mean bharat gpt is also a name that uh, clover.ai uses so yes. uh, i think they will have to solve that <laughs> issue of theirs but uh, other than that i mean the whole idea of creating an india gpt or a bharat gpt if you remember ashwini kumar had raised this yeah. in march 
everybody laughed about it saying that you know how are we going to where are we going to get the gpus and the you know the power that is required to Correct. you know create a foundation Correct. model then of course altman came in may you know we and had then that jensen one came in may and then relax and tata both both formed a partnership yeah. with nvidia yes yeah but altman but had that in altman had that in, uh, you know that in, uh, interaction i'm Don't just saying yeah. yeah, exactly. He was with Rajan Anandan and that became an interesting uh, talking point. And now, of course, now you have uh, the Indus project by uh, the Gurdani, the uh, Tech Mahindra. Tech Mahindra. That, yeah. And yeah. you have a host of other ones uh, that... Uh, <laughs> So I think we have at least about 10 India-focused Sar- LLMs at this easily. point. Sar- Sarva, Sarva, Sarva Maya is uh, AI for Bharat. Open Hathi. Open Hathi series Open by Sarva Mayai and they yeah. are founders with uh, AI for Bharat. And In fact, they are collaborating with them. And, and with Ola them. announced the, you know. That was Kruthri. Kruthri yeah, Kruthri. So yeah. Ola did not announce it because what uh, our friend. Uh, Ola Sonder, yeah. Bhavish. Yeah, so Bhavish Agarwal uh, insists that this is not an Ola thing. Of course. Uh, yeah, okay. Will, so Ola's founder, I, Bhavish, Bhavish announces Kruthri. Yeah, I, I, I okay. will restrict my comments on that because I've written about it. So, uh, but yeah, so anyway, it's just for the sake of listing down the India foundational models uh, there's uh, one list. There's one e. Yeah, by the Indian Institute of Science, uh, which is held by uh, uh, held by uh, Google, for that matter of fact. Right. Uh, and Art Park. Then uh, Bashni itself, uh, Bashni I think. Itself. Yeah, Bashni, of course, has got this whole thing of Bashadan, which is a crowdsourcing project yeah. where you can actually, where our viewers and listeners also could participate in Bashadan. I mean, to translate it as a contribution of your own language uh, to that. So I found that uh, very, very interesting. Yes. And uh, we've also had, uh, you know, a special deep uh, chat with uh, Mr. Amitabh Nag on the sidelines of the uh, of the conference, yes. uh, specifically for this podcast. And, you know, we are going to be playing uh, playing that uh, as a part of this episode for our viewers. We, we've had a chance to talk in depth about, uh, you know, Bhashini, apart from what is spoken at the conference and the summit. Okay. Uh, and, you know, its potential uh, to go, you know, where it's where is it coming from? What are the objectives and the and the targets and the drivers and and the potential to go global? Uh, you know, uh, so we we have a special segment, uh, you know, with Mr. Amitabh Nag, only for uh, only for our listeners and only for this particular podcast. Yeah, that would be very very interesting, Mr. Nag. It's uh, good to have you on the AI Rising podcast. Um, you know, you are doing. A- um, uh, you know, immense amount of work and uh, especially in India, there's been a talk about, you know, building LLMs for India and uh, India with its diversity, especially language diversity, okay, uh, you know, requires uh, its own, you know, foundational models and language models for the billionth Indian, right? In that sense, you know, can you talk about all the work that you're doing about Indic languages, translation and especially using voice as a uh, interface? So, you know, uh, Bhashni is a mission to actually translate the 22 Indian languages. Mm-hmm. The idea is to bridge the language divide and do more. That right. is, transcend the language barrier, right. as the mission puts it at Bhashni. So, we, do th- we are in the mission to do it for 22 constitution languages for the, to start off with. Mm-hmm. And then take it forward mm-hmm. as per the demands of the market as such. Right. Now, uh, the idea, the so the you know the services actually takes up all the modalities. That mm-hmm. means 
text to text mm-hmm. voice to text text to speech and also optical character recognition and optical character recognition further goes down to handwriting as well as scenic text right scenic text would mean that something which is printed in the billboards yes you should be in a position to recognize so ideally you know you will not feel that uh, you know if language you are in some other language mm. uh, other territory mm. where there is a the, you know different language which is spoken you will still not feel the difference when you are communicating collaborating or talking or discussing so you know one of the times which uh, gone are it's it's going to take away those times when we were told that you know if you don't know english right you are doomed as such. so that's the whole motive now when we use voice uh, the advantage or the things which we get is that we also perhaps are uh, you know bridging the digital divide mm-hmm. and as well as the literacy divide mm-hmm. so in some way if i am able to say that paise bhej do and the machine is able to ask kitne and i am able to say 100 and right. then machine says okay authenticate yourself and the machine is able to send mm-hmm. the money i don't need to learn anything with respect to literacy Uh, you know literacy or digital things digital literacy yeah. and you know yeah. you bring technology closer to technology the closer, closer to the humans the and their way of life right. yeah so starting from the use case which is very simple to say that i have a document in one language i want to translate it yes i have a video in one language i have to translate it yeah and i have i'm speaking in one language i need to translate it right those are the visible use cases which are around correct and uh, you know Uh, to a situation where i can do voice based payments i can do voice based reservations right uh, you know people are able to avail government services based on automated form filling on voice based yeah or or multiple other things know what their rights are know what their remedies are they are in a certain situation maybe needing legal counsel maybe you want to know about what schemes uh, they are they can avail mm mm-hmm. maybe want to know that what is my challenge with respect to the you know certain things not happening in a right way in the right. uh, service delivery of government etc etc all those are uh, the use cases which we are trying to attack so that a common man on the last mile mm. who uh, still is somewhat away from the mainstream system because of the language mm. is able to get into the mainstream system so it's all about at the end of the day inclusivity right although it will find many many applications as we go by and there will be a lot of use cases and one of the important thing it is actually bringing up is that uh, it is uh, you know giving use case based development of ai because right. most of the language models which have been developed are ai based mm-hmm. and we are adding the more ai functionality mm-hmm. to actually deliver specific services so as you talked about llm yeah. and other things i think most of the activities which we do as far as llm is concerned is going to be use case based okay we we, we cannot just create a model and then figure out what could be the use case okay okay we need to figure out what is the use case and then try to and then build out the architecture out and the framework so na uh, what is the problem what is the use case oh, let's okay. go, let's move in that direction yeah. so that's what we are trying to do and we have built up a platform called national hub of language technology mm-hmm. which renders these ai models as service mm-hmm. we do about 100000 inferencing a day today okay and uh, the system has been tested to scale up to 500000 mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and yeah. we almost get about sub second response time in that yeah. situation so all in all what i am trying to say is that it is a end to end platform being able to help the citizens transcend the language barrier and very interesting and and uh, you know this might be a little ahead of the curve but we've seen how uh, the upi and the other digital uh, public infrastructure that's been developed in india for india for solving india's problems scale to population scale uh, you know are now witnessing global adoption right and we've seen that in the recent g20 how many countries were appreciative about it i hear it in all my travels uh, now bhashini also you know again is a similar uh, platform that is being developed in india for solve for india solving india's problems and population scale is there a vision and ambition that you know if once this platform is developed and matured that it can also be deployed globally and uh, you know and see the global adoption see uh, there are two parts to the uh, to this you know platform one is the ai models which actually yes. render the services and other is the platform itself platform. which builds up the picks up the ai model and yeah. exposes it at ai yeah, correct uh, i was talking about the ai models api is yeah so currently we are doing 22 language models mm-hmm. right which do the translation and there is nothing which the skills are there there is nothing which stops us from doing more mm-hmm. if the mandate is there and right. if the requirement is there. so that's one part the platform as such if it is given ai models it can again scale up so we actually demonstrated that in g20 right where we integrated the g20 language models from uh, international language models to the bashni models and we were able to seamlessly tra- you know translate indian languages to foreign languages mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. so okay. the scaling is quite possible mm-hmm. uh, the idea is to actually ensure that we remain open and interoperable mm. as are all dpis are right and, uh, and see that this is basically being used by as many people as they can okay. and end is of end result is of course the impact right and if you are able to create impact any of pro- any project would be successful understood thanks a lot sir appreciate Thank your time you. talking about india indic uh, languages foundational models uh lesley and i've been thinking about it all of last week we spoke about it offline you know during our lunch that the entire ai evolution okay could essentially head the splinter net way if you remember in in 2020 okay uh, there was this concept of splinter net internet having its own regional versions i mean china there's a there's a global internet led by the west uh, there's a china's version there's a russia and iraq uh, iran's version india was supposed to be coming up with its own version now with regional uh, foundational models ai evolution itself could actually head the way of the splinter net uh, the way it was uh, you know conceptualized about 3 years back during the covid years okay that never came through or it never came through yes china has its own so internet see- I I would not use the word splinter net because for me it has a negative connotation. For me, yeah, I mean the I would look at the positive because because honestly speaking, uh, yes, it does have some uh, touches of geopolitics. Clearly, yes, we yes. all we all yeah. know that. Yeah. yeah, but but having said that, you know, for me this is more the way the internet is evolving, and the need of the R is to understand the internet in my own language. Like I remember, if you remember that piece which I wrote, Arey Bhai, uh, you know. 
मुझे इंटरनेट अपने भाषा में चाहिए सो यू नो आई इंटरनेट इन तमिल हिंदी और मराठी ओडिशी विच एवर लैंग्वेज सो आई कुड स्पीक एनी लैंग्वेज ऑफिशियल लैंग्वेजेस इन इंडिया इन इंडिया Yeah, at least you know have it in fifteen to start with, and I'm sure a a lot of these like Vashni project, I think, has already he spent something like uh, six to seven million dollars on the yes, data already. collection. Because on the data that, collection, yeah, about seven million dollars. Yes. Yeah, so that is the issue, and that's why I wouldn't you know focus so much on the splinternet part of it. I would focus on the enriching part no, of I'm, it. You know, the pluralism of it. Yeah. Yeah, the, I, I'm I'm talking the evolution of foundation models around the world. Okay. No, no, fair enough. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm saying. So I'm just saying that yeah, for me it's a richness uh, of yes. the internet. I'm, I'm, you know, may a thousand uh, uh, flowers bloom as what Mao would say. So may right. a thousand internets bloom. I'm okay with it. Yeah, um, and and probably you know it it helps also because uh, uh, I mean I want to see a farmer uh, in some uh, thing using it in his own his her own language. It'll be amazing. Very amazing, and they are doing it. See, I yes. mean, uh, if you remember uh, during the Mint AI Summit, we had Manu Chopra who came over there. Yeah. And yeah. what I found very interesting, the take home for me was how he is helping uh, the person who's creating these data sets, whether it's voice, whether this, uh, and they're giving him, uh, giving that person a royalty. Royalty, you know, a lifelong royalty Karia. on the yeah. thing. Yeah. So I thought Karia's work was. I think Karia is a great case study. I mean, it's it's not for no reason that they made it to the uh, cover page of Time magazine. Okay, yes. and I I think they're doing a very good job at the grassroots level. Okay, if you know, having for the last couple of years, having worked uh, with you know with with one of the biggest companies in the world, Google, and uh, the government of Tamil Nadu, trying to create. something in the healthcare at the grassroots level i can really really appreciate uh, you know what karya is doing in terms of empowering people on the ground okay and uh, and and you know using them right now for for data collection but then you know in in return giving them confidence making them you know including including them as a part of a, a bigger fabric of the evolution of not just the technology but the times as as well right so that i think is karya is a good case study of uh, you know uh, keeping up with times doing the right thing uh, doing doing the right thing at the grassroots level and uh, you know uh, and distributing uh, wealth and and trying to you know be profitable as well i think that's a great case study yeah and i think also the startups Yeah. the uh, the demo uh, at the mint ai summit one did it on drones one did it on how to use you know uh, make water uh, how to purify water using purify uh, water. ai yeah. so i i thought those were I mean, of course we had mr sai talk about you know uh, fashioning uh, uh, giving a proper dress size proper shoe size yes. and uh, of course the metaverse and the ai because I keep on insisting that the you know metaverse is not dying and neither is AI killing it, which is it, it's it is silly you know to say that every time you find an article metaverse is dying. I I mean look at digital twins, we are using it like each and every day, day in and day out. Correct, correct. You know it's meta's metaverse. I may meta of course for our viewers and listeners who may have forgotten that meta is actually was formerly Facebook. So the meta's metaverse project 
clearly is in a, a sort of deep trouble, probably making a losses. This I think NYT estimated that it would make something like fifty billion dollar losses or something. That's right. Yeah, That's I mean, steep. imagine imagine they can take a blow like that. So yeah, exactly. That's steep. No, uh, okay. Among all of those. Uh, conversations and speeches and the panels one thing that for me was very interesting was uh the entire conversation and the data and the information and the insights around uh enterprises using genera- uh, generative ai i mean one thing uh, rajat i think uh, came right at the that, beginning that, of the- that was your panel right that was my panel but even before that rajat from bcg came and yes, you know, yes. provided provided some data which uh, which uh, you know corroborates what i am uh, you know seeing uh, in the industry as well i mean you know i so far i've i've consulted over 40 plus companies for their ai strategy across 15 industries right uh, and when it comes to enterprises using ai uh, rajat made a good point and this is also what we are observing only 10% of the generative ai pilots uh, across uh, industries across companies are actually being launched into production the other 90% are ending up in sandbox because of how volatile uh, you know llms are right now so llms are still not ready for enterprise usage mind you okay and that at that point i think was brought out on the enterprise panel where you know uh, in, where i was there with uh, four other cxos but uh, the view from the enterprises point of view and how they are adopting using and you know taking forward the innovation and the business growth of generative ai uh, was also extremely well captured uh, across two three uh, speeches and uh, panel discussions in the in the summit that yeah, i thought yeah, because I think they are real practitioners. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's uh, you know the proof of the pudding lies in the eating. And at the end, practitioners, and that's where the money, initial money, is gonna come in. You know, if you remember the IoT days, essentially at the end of the day, all IoT got structured around where the money was coming from, and then you know it it went ahead for industrial and enterprise IoT use cases and applications because that's where the business and the revenue started pouring in, and and the investments followed there. Okay, so. It was very interesting to see the, uh, you know, the enterprises uh, adoption and implementation and usage uh, of AI uh, or generative AI, most importantly, at, at the current st- stage. Yeah, and I think every new statement that comes out, even whether it is NYT suing OpenAI and Microsoft, whether it, it was the Samsung case that happened yes. where the code got leaked or any of these things are, you know, sort of things that are red flags for enterprises. So they yes. have to be extremely yes. careful. So I... You know, the slow pace at some point in time, you know, sometimes we are critical saying that, you know, why are enterprises not adopting? But that's not true. There are a lot of enterprises that are doing real good work. Uh, right. uh, they have experimented a lot with the generative and I think both of us have spoken about that uh, uh, at length. I mean, so I the, don't want... the way I look at it, uh, when it comes to enterprises adopting some of these, uh, you know, cutting edge technologies, is like you ha- the, the parallel that I draw is that, you know, elephant running. It takes time for the elephant to start running and start taking the first uh, few steps. But when it does, within 50 meters, it can catch up, you know, 50 kilometers per hour kind of a speed. Okay. Uh, It's a a huge, uh, this one, it it takes time to start. But when once it it starts, it it can accelerate extremely fast. And And enterprises adopting new technologies, including generative AI, something like that. Yeah, and they are mature users of classical AI. You yes. know, we, we completely forget that. Yes. Okay, generative yes. AI, 
I mean, yes. but remember that for the past six, seven years, everything that you are seeing today, whether you are seeing a, a, a seamless transaction that we use on banks, online banking, the mere fact, your search engine recommendations, your smartphone, everything is AI. So sure. we, you know, uh, I mean, uh, sometimes I think uh, people uh, very comfortably forget that there are the benefits that we are already seeing. Yeah, generative AI that's will take some That's why it's deep tech. You know, it gets back in the background, does its job, and you don't uh, realize like its existence. Yeah. Okay, like so electricity. It's a, yeah, it or, is. It is. Or wireless uh, network, mobile network. So I mean, I, I forget that exact phrase where you said when it actually starts working, then you'll stop calling it here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, it's attributed to somebody. I'm, I'm forgetting uh, a very uh, you know renowned person. I'm, bad at remembering the calling names at times but yeah so uh, you know and i think what is also interesting before we uh, close this uh, uh, episode i think this is the last episode of the year of 2023 so, yes 2023 so it's been a very very interesting time so clearly we have seen this move from classical ai to ai the you know the india focused kind of ais but you know also we are seeing that as we, you know, sort of step into 2024, which we obviously will be speaking about in our uh, coming episodes, how, you know, all these shifts are going to weigh in on 2024 and make life uh, meaningful. But uh, and, uh, and on a, also on a personal professional front, Leslie DeMonte, from editor to author to podcaster. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it, I, 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 and I all thanks to AI, it. all thanks to AI, it's yeah. It's no, really I, I think it, 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 it just it, it reminds milestones. It reminds me of that you know that quote, uh, Alvin Toffler's quote, which I uh, ended my overview also with that the illiterate of the twenty first century will yes. be those who cannot learn, learn, unlearn, and relearn. And relearn. So yes. I think with that, uh, viewers and listeners. Uh, you, I mean, it's been wonderful having this, uh, 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 you know, podcasts. Uh, we, we have enjoyed each and every episode uh, out yes. here. And, and we'll continue. Uh, yeah, we will see you on the other side of the new year as well. So happy holidays and hope yes. you have, folks have a lovely uh, 2024, peaceful, joyful. And you can add all the adjectives that in between. Fun and dynamic. <laughs> Fun and dynamic. And then you also have a great 2024. You too, Leslie. Look forward. Yeah. Take care. Take Bye. care.